Hey guys, get ready. Looking Up is about to start. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. While we do delightful sunny afternoon here in the wonderful Newcastle area and you are on the one and only Looking Up show on the first day of autumn. Who would have thought this is autumn? But here it feels like summer, beautiful day today, cannot complain. Wherever you are listening in from, tuning in around the country on our 94 different stations that are out there tuning in right now, we want to give you a big, warm welcome. My name is Danny, and I'm glad to be with you. We've got Shanna, who is in the hot seat. She has um, 
taken on board the role that that Shell has, and so she's going to be directing traffic, which we're very excited about. She does a fantastic job. Um, she's throwing away her L plates. She's on her green P plates already. She's discarded the red P's, so she's on the greens and she's flying along. So we're gonna we're gonna probably hear a little bit from her and welcome her in a bit. Maybe we can do that right now. Shanna, do you want to say hello to our listeners? Are you able to tune in and say hello to them? So she's gonna. We're gonna see if she can press the right button. Here we go. I think you're on. Oh no, you're not quite on yet. Okay, um, we'll we'll get to Shanna when she gets that right button. But we've also got a very special guest here today. Good friend of mine, and her name is Leah Hodge. Welcome, Leah. Thank you, Danny. It's- I'm like really excited to be here and um, yeah, looking forward to what it's gonna, we're going to talk about. Absolutely. Now you may be thinking, what on earth are we going to talk about with Leah? Now Leah's here uh, stepping in because our good friend Justin and Sharissa, they're on their way to the airport. I'm not sure, maybe they've already been there and they're coming home, dropping off Justin's parents. And so we had Justin's parents with us last week, uh, Holviek or Hovlek, Holviek, something like that, and Edie. So they're back going back to the States, so they were just dropping them off at Sydney Airport today. And, uh, yeah, if you guys are listening in, glad to have you guys on, 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 on air as well right now. So, Leah, today we're going to be talking about something really, really important. And um, in a little bit we're going to be sort of giving, giving our audience a bit, of a, a bit of a trailer, I guess, of where we're going to be going. Um, but you don't, want to be, you don't want to be far away today, folk. This is going to be an amazing testimony that Leah is going to share that's just going to blow your socks off. It's going to be phenomenal, um, the transformation that God has performed in her life. So that's going to be the, the program this afternoon. We're going to be dealing with some current events. Um, briefly, in the next section, after this uh, piece from Savannah Ellis, more about Jesus. So we look forward to this journey with you. Glad you're with us.
You are listening to Savannah Ellis, more about Jesus. And if ever there was a time in history to learn more about Jesus and the incredible transforming power of his love, it's certainly right now. Those who are joining us right now, you have just joined us for the first time this afternoon on the Looking Up show. I want to give you a big warm welcome. We have here in our studio today a very, 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 very special guest, um, Leah Hodge, and uh, she's going to be sharing her testimony. And um, do you want to just give us a, a real brief synopsis of where we are going this afternoon with your testimony, which is the main event for this afternoon? So usually when I tell my my testimony, I sum it up in three words. Mm-hmm. Rebel, raw, and redeemed. Wow, I love that. Three words. Yes. So if you want to, do you want any more than that right now? Oh, I think I think that is such a an appetizer. Yeah. We won't go any further on that. Rebel, raw, raw redeemed. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Triple R. Yeah. So that's what we're going to be looking at, and we're going to be taking a look at uh, Leah's journey, and you will be blown away. You'll be so blessed. Now. If you've got a friend um, or an enemy, you need to point them in the direction of this radio program right now. And so you've got the you've got the looking up program details, eighty seven point six Faith FM. They can be tuning in online, even if they don't have radio coverage where they are, but they can get just tune in via our website, eighty seven point six Faith FM. And if they're not able to, well, then you're able to download. The app. Did you know, Leah, we've got an app, a yeah. Faith FM app? I did know that. Yes. Yeah, so do you have the Faith FM app on your phone? I used to have it on my phone, but now I've got a new phone. I need to download it again. You indeed need to download it. And in case you haven't downloaded it out there, my dear friends, you need to download it. Just go to your app store. Just put in Faith FM and it'll come up. It's a free app and you'll, you're able to listen to all the previous podcasts. For all the different programs, that's, including the Looking Up show. That's epic. Yeah, so you can go on a on a binge, on a Looking Up binge. Love <laughs> from, it. From almost three years ago when we first started in 2020 all the way through to now. So each week we upload uh, each program, minus the news, which is really good. So there's no news to worry about. All you get is the music and the actual content, um, which is fantastic. So that's, uh, that's a real blessing. Now, if you want to contact us, and you've got any questions, any comments, especially for Leah. If you've got any questions, anything you want to know about as she's sharing her testimony, um, then give us, uh, send us a text. Don't call us, but send us a text on 4 Now, I also want to give a big welcome to Shanna and see if we can connect with her right now. Now, Shanna, are you out there, my friend? Hello, yes. Oh, yes, we can hear you loud and clear. Welcome along. Great to have you. You're stepping in for Shell, who's gone to the States. And, um, yeah, how are you enjoying this experience? I know you've done this before, haven't you? Yes, I was doing the breakfast show this morning, so been doing that for the last couple of days. Okay. And yeah, first afternoon one for quite some time. But yes, yeah. it's fun to be here with you all and yeah. Fantastic. Hear what to say. Fantastic. We're so glad to have you, Shanna. And um, so yeah, welcome to the Looking Up show. And it's great to have young people on board. So I'm surrounded by young people. And I think the combined age of Shanna and Leah is probably half of my age. 
Uh, not quite. <laughs> not no. Quite. Not quite. All right, folks. Um, well, look, uh, we want to just take a look at just some things that have been happening, that have been making news. Um, and next week, God willing, we're going to have Sharissa on board. I think that's what Justin said last week. So we're going to have Sharissa on board. And so we're going to hear all about little little baby um, Judah. So that's going to be really, really exciting. Judah Levon Luca Tarosian. What a name. What a name. What a name. And if everyone knows, that name has been picked out very oh, carefully. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we spent literally a whole program okay. unpacking that. The yeah. name, the meaning. Oh, everything. Okay, everything. Good. As long everything. as you know, everything. it means a lot. I'm telling you, we could write a book on, <laughs> on the meaning of this name. Beautiful. So, um, beautiful indeed. And Judah, you know, praise be to the Lord. Yes. And I will praise the Lord and indeed... I mean, yeah. how could you not praise the Lord if you were Justin and Sharissa? And you know all about having a baby, don't you? I do, I do. So tell so, us a little bit about, yeah, your background. Well, yeah, I've new mum, recently new mum, I guess not recent as Sharissa because um, my daughter is now nearly 15 months old. Wow. So, yeah, we're um, over the, the one-year mark and I've made it through one year of motherhood and uh, through all the sleepless nights and all the things that happen when you um, – have a, a newborn baby. So Sharice is in that boat right now. So we need to pray for her. Mm, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, um, that's where I'm at. Stay What's at your little bub's name? Shiloh. Shiloh. Yeah. yeah. Why did you, why did you choose the name Shiloh? So I wanted, um, wasn't really particular about it, but I did want a, um, a biblical name. Mm-hmm. And, um, in the Bible, there's lots of male names that are quite popular and everyone chooses, but there's, um, not as many female names of like to choose from. So anyway, we chose Shiloh, um, and it's not a name of a person as per se, but it is a name of a place of the temple where the sanctuary was before it was to move to Jerusalem. So it means peace. Mm. It means heavenly peace. So does it have a connection with the word shalom, the Hebrew word shalom, which is peace? Yeah, yeah I, I'm not sure. I know they're two definitely separate words. Peace, like whole being, yeah. you know, holistic yeah. peace and well-being is yeah. what shalom is. It's and more than just peace. It's holistic health and well-being. And actually the Messiah was called Shiloh. Mm. So, yeah, it does have a connection to that as well. Um, so that's why we chose Shiloh and her middle name's Grace. So peace and grace. My dog's name is called Gracie. <laughs> How exciting. Yes, yes. It's a beautiful name. Um, love the name Grace because we're all saved by grace through mm. faith. And so if you notice in um, a lot of Paul's letters, he starts off the salutation with peace and grace to you. Um, and when he was writing to mm. the brethren. And so, it, yeah, it's a beautiful name that encaptures good Christian values and beliefs. Mm, wonderful. And um, so little little Shiloh, she would be keeping you quite busy, I'm, I'm imagining. Oh, yes. Yes, definitely. I thought, you know, actually working is the easy part, going to work in a nine-to-five job. Before, now I realize I'm always on call. 24-7. 24-7, no matter what a time it is. So, But you know what? Um, it's been the greatest blessing to be a mother mm. and um, for to raise a child for um, – for the king, the yeah. king of kings, mm. is really um, a really big blessing and privilege that I um, have and I feel very honoured that I get to do this and um, lead her in the ways of Jesus. Mm. I like that. I, I, I like your attitude and I like your philosophy on that because we don't hear that much um, in this day and age. For you, the greatest blessing, you're saying that God has bestowed upon you and, and, and your husband, Josh, um, if he's listening now or maybe at a later time, big Big, big hello to you, Josh. Um, but the greatest blessing is to train up our children, which ultimately belong to God. They are a gift from God yes. to us for his heavenly courts above, to train them up, to prepare them 
or the heavenly courts above. And you see that as your primary responsibility. Yes. Every night um, I get on my knees and I thank the Lord for the gift of Shiloh and that I'm his steward and that I need to look after her Mm. for him. And so I I do take this seriously. Um, Every morning I'm asking him, give me wisdom to train her character for heaven um, to mold her and help her to yield to, mm. to ultimately to me and then to him when she gets to the age where she can respond to God. Yeah, yeah. and those early formative years are just so critical yes. and so important. And um, you know, I'm thinking maybe one of these days because I know Justin and Sharissa are also really big on this idea of training up, you know, the child or children that God has you know entrusted mm. into your care for His kingdom. Um, making that a priority, the number one priority in their life. And maybe one day we need to probably do a bit of a program or two or more on, on how to do that and share with our listeners because I'm sure there's, there's lots of mums out there, uh, lots of dads out there. There's lots of potential mums and dads out there right now listening that would probably find it very valuable to, to learn how they too can train up their children yes. for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, as you just said. Yeah, no, it's. I think it's something that's very relevant and what we need right now is more of that information where the current tide of the world is going in the opposite direction for families um, to bring about um, a wholesome spiritual um, program would be, yeah, invaluable, I think. Yeah, and you, you, know, and you talk about the world and, and where it's heading and, you know, we've only got a few moments this week, but next week we're going to spend a lot more time unpacking uh, current events in light of Bible prophecy, which clearly demonstrates to anyone who is paying any attention to the scriptures that we are living very much on the brink of eternity. We're living on the edge. Uh, The use-by date for our world is fast running out. And uh, we we know that. We, we, We talk about that and discuss that every week. And even just this week, uh, there's a number of items, but we just, I'm just going to run through them really quickly. Next week, we're going to expand on them and look at some scriptures and just some prophetic um, sequences and outlines. But, you know, this week we've got, you know, this this huge, it's, it's the Olympics, I guess, for the LGBTIQ plus community. Um, down in Sydney there, 17 days Oh, festivals and workshops and uh, you name it, you know, all sorts of activities for the entire family, uh, 17 days. And just on Saturday night, they had uh, what, what many believe is probably the, the largest gathering for their, for their Mardi Gras festival, um, you know, some 200-plus floats, over 12,000 performers um, as part of these floats and the prime marcher according to one of the abc news um, headlines a couple of days before the march was the prime minister himself wow so the prime minister um, anthony albanese is the first sitting australian prime minister to march and you know he did so proudly with his wife, along with the opposition leader of New South Wales, Chris Minns, and uh, his wife, and I understand um, Tanya Plibersek, our environment minister, if I got that right. If I didn't, send me a message on 0488817624 and correct that. Um, and she was there marching along, you know, with many, many members of the Labor Party. And this really just tells us where we are, because in 1978, they had what they call the 78ers that were marching in 1978 where they first marched 
in Sydney, and it wasn't at this time of the year. It was in June, from what I recall. Um, there were, you know, there were skirmishes with the police, and uh, there were many arrests that were made, and it was a different story. There was no celebration. Um, it was a protest, and uh, just a very different world. So that's 1978 to 2023. That's 45 years, only 45 years, but the 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 dynamics, the world, the the way we view um, what is acceptable and what's not acceptable has completely changed. You know, we've got the media as well. Um, and so we're going to talk a little bit about, we've got probably a lot about that next week um, when we talk about that. So we won't talk about any of that this week. But these these things just tell us that we're living close to the end. And uh, for me, one of the big things, Leah, as, as I've been sort of just taking a brief look at that, not, not, not too much, but just sort of just taking a look at overall is is how Abraham pleaded for the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. You remember the story? Yes, I do. You know, he pleaded with Jesus himself. He didn't realise it was Christ Mm. in the flesh, um, the pre-incarnate Christ, one of the angels uh, who was Christ, and he pleaded for Sodom. If there's 50, would you save the city? Yes, I would, says Jesus. If there's 45, would you save the city? Yes, I would. If there's 40, yes. If there's 30, yes. If there's 20, that are righteous, will you save the city and the cities of the plain? And Christ said, yes. And then finally Abraham says one more time, you know, if there's 10 righteous, would you save the cities for the sake of the 10? And, and Jesus says, yes, I would. But there wasn't even 10. And, you know, as I was thinking about what's going on there in Sydney and it wraps up this coming Sunday, 17 days, um, I asked myself, do I have a heart? to really be praying and pleading for those who are in darkness, you know, for those who don't know, don't understand. And, you know, we can wag our, wag our fingers and, you know, and, and say all sorts of things uh, with our tongues, but do we really care? Are we praying for not just the folk down there in Sydney, but all those who are in darkness? Yeah, I, I know. And that's where it really comes down to it. That's where we need the heart of, of Christ for... For, for his children, mm. um, because he loves them. Yeah. Yes. They are his children. You're yeah. right. And so we need to keep in prayer our earthquake survivors and the families that are dealing with the destruction. The, the news has moved on, but the people have certainly not. Over 50,000 people have died, and there'll probably be many more. Um, so just continue to keep them in prayer. If you want to make a donation, ADRA is a good place to go. Uh, we've had our ADRA rep talk to us a little bit about that in the last couple of weeks. And so feel free to do that, adra.com.au as well. Um, yeah, there's a number of other things that have been taking place. We had the one year of the anniversary um, of the Ukraine war, and that just tells us also, yeah, a year one ago. Year. Yeah, one year ago um, on the 24th, if I remember correctly, was when you know the Russian army stepped into um, the Ukraine. So there's a lot going on, and we're going to talk a lot more about that next week. Um, from a prophetic biblical point of view, we're going to look at some scriptures and we're going to help people make sense of this craziness that is taking place and help people understand that we are indeed living right on the edge of eternity. Jesus is about to come and so we need to keep looking up. Well, folks, we've got a beautiful song from Yadon Levik, Nothing But The Blood, and that's what we need, Nothing But The Blood. And we've got the news after that and then we will be with you to continue with, with Leah. Nothing but the blood of Jesus 
me whole again. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No. To Faith FM, positively different radio. Hi, all, I'm Bees the Chaplain. Join me for Blessings with Bees, where we make faith real. If you want to know more, visit me on my landing page at beesthechaplain.com. I'm looking forward to hanging out with you soon. Peace out and God bless.
Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. It's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Looks up, sorry, looks back, worry looks around. You're on the Looking Up show this afternoon, the 1st of March, first beautiful day of autumn, and it is indeed a deliciously delightful day. I think I've already said that today, haven't I? I like it. You should say it again. (laughs) A deliciously delightful, splendid day. And Leah is here with us today. Um, We are so blessed to have her share her uh, incredible testimony. Let me see if I remember this. I didn't write it down from Rebel to Raw to Redeemed. That was it. That was the that was the trailer that you gave us to whet our appetite, and uh, we're just so looking forward to uh, hearing your testimony today. That's going to be that's going to be our program today um, over the course of this program because this really does fit in with our overall theme and why the Looking Up show is called Looking Up because Jesus said, "When you see all these things come to pass, look up because your redemption is drawing near." Amen. Redeemed. Redemption. Yep. It's there in our scripture where we get our Looking Up show title from. So we are so blessed to have you, Leah. We are so grateful. Now today, as always, we have a giveaway. And uh, Shanna has chosen the perfect giveaway book, and it's called Transformation. Would you say that kind of fits in with your story, Transformation? Subtitle, Behold, I Make All Things New by Jim Eyre. 100%. <laughs> That's a scripture. Behold, I make all things new. You know, God promises that the old is passed away. He makes all things new. And so Transformation is the book that we're going to be giving away. Now, you need to be tuning in all the way through and either in the next segment, probably in the next, seg- ne- in the next segment, we'll give the code word. So there'll be a code word that you'll be able to text in to our looking up number. We've got our own looking up number. Can you believe it? That's amazing. It is amazing that they would literally trust me, Sharissa, yes, but not me, with our own phone number. Can you believe it? Crazy times. Crazy times. <laughs> 04 17624 is the number to text. If you've got any questions, any comments for Leah, please uh, text them through as she's sharing her testimony, some things that you maybe want her to share a little more on, something that you know sparks your interest in particular. Just text text to the number that I've given you, 04-888-17624, and she will seek to answer yeah, those questions from you. So without any further ado, I'm going to have a prayer, Leah, and then we are going to dive right into your story because your story is an epic, titanic story from, you know, from where you were to where you are now by the grace of God. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to hand over to you. Father in heaven, we just thank you for this opportunity to be able to share the transforming grace that you are willing to provide for each and every person who reaches out to you. Father, I've heard Leah's testimony. It is phenomenal. It it is it is one that transforms us as we listen to it. And I pray that each person who is listening around the country right now or at a later time, we pray that they will be blessed in a mighty way through 
her story, which is ultimately your story, lived out in her life. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Leah. Now, let's start off at the beginning. So where did you grow up? Where, who did you grow up with? What was sort of the early, the early part of your life? So I have two older brothers um, and I grew up in a single parent home. My mum was the one who raised us. My father, um, that my father and mother separated when I was around two years old. And we, um, I was born in Sydney and um, in the big smoke. Yeah, born in Sydney. And then we um, lived in Queensland for a short time. um, And then I went to school up there for one year and then we moved to Kurumbong. Kurumbong. Now, where on earth is this yeah. place, Kurumbong? Is I, that somewhere in the middle of Australia? And that's what I said to my mum. I'm like, how did you move from the Gold Coast to Kurumbong? <laughs> I mean, we lived near the beach. It was beautiful, burly heads. Um, Kurumbong is in Lake Macquarie. And okay. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, we moved there and I um, went through Christian schools. Um, mm-hmm. So my mum brought us up in. Um, a Christian home, mm-hmm. and she read the Bible stories to us. She did her best in teaching us, in um, you know, praying with us, in in really trying to instill the Word of God into us when we were young. And yeah, I went through Christian um, um, schools, like high school, um, primary school, and college. They're they're in Kurumbong? Yeah, Avondale. <coughs> yeah. Avondale. Yeah, yeah, so it's a Seventh Day Adventist Christian school. Yep, that's right. And so yeah, that's where we, it all began. Um, there were. You know, in a single parent home and with, you know, any home, I know there's always challenges and we did have our fair share of um, challenges in our home, which made things really, really tough um, for us as kids and for my mum as well, being a, you know, single mum, working really hard to put us through private education, Mm. Uh, Christian education. She was, she worked a lot. And um, so that means she was um, not there a lot as well. And um, that's kind of... I don't know all the reasons surrounding why I started making poor decisions, but as, um, you know, I used to go to church weekly and like I said, we had um, worships and things like that. But when I got into my teen years, things really started to change in, in, in how I did things and I started making really poor decisions and really rebelling. This mm. is where the rebel comes into. This is where the rebel comes, okay. Yeah, so... Um, I couldn't even say that it was because of the people that I hung around because I feel like I was more of an instigator in a lot of the rebellious things that mm-hmm. would that I would do. Um, so, yeah, you know, smoking, like getting into smoking really at a young age, um, like 15 years old, um, started, you know, had my first drink and it wasn't just a drink, it was my first time of getting actually completely plastered mm. when I was 16 years old. Oh, wow. no, maybe I was even 15. I can't even remember. Wow. So, um, yeah, that just started off a journey for me into the drugs and alcohol and um, still, you know, going to school. And it was more like um, living for the weekends. Um, and that just, that just that's where I headed with my, with my life. Um, I still was attending church and things like that, but not for the right reasons. And so, yeah, that that those choices started to spiral and just led me further and further away from my growing up faith. Um, and, yeah, I wouldn't say I ever denied God or his existence, or but I was definitely living for me and 
Um, yeah, so I got really heavily into like the rave scene, into um, recreational drugs, parties, boys. Um, yeah, just, yeah, really, which led me to depression, anxiety. Um, I was clinically diagnosed with depression when I was 19. I had suicidal thoughts. Um, yeah, constantly thought about killing myself, of running myself into a tree, of suffocating myself, lots of things that I, these things were going around in my head all the time. And, and, um, even though I was, you know, having fun on the weekends, um, living that type of lifestyle really does lead you into a pit. Um, and it was not, it was not good place. Uh, I think I remember you sharing when you shared uh, on one occasion that you were so depressed that it was crippling you to the point where you couldn't even get out of bed. You couldn't go to school. Is that is that right? Like sort of during your high school time, or was this after your high school? This time? This was but- after high school. I remember um, I would finish. I was working in our at, um, a solicitor's office. I finished school. Um, got suspended from school. First time a, um, a female, I think, had been suspended for school for at school at Avondale School. Mm. Um, so yeah, I made as you can see, my choices were not good. But when I started into work life, um, I was still yeah, really depressed and I would come home and just go to bed straight away. Like 5 p.m., it's still daylight or not, and I would be in bed. Christmas, so I just had, I just had, felt like I had nothing to live for. Mm. Yeah. So your, your mum brought you and your two brothers, they're, they're older than you? You're, yes. You're, you're the baby in the family? Yes, that's right. Um, so she brought you up on, on her own pretty yes. much, even though your dad was alive, but yep. he wasn't really engaged from from what you've shared um, yep. in the past as much as, I guess, you know, he yep. is probably more so now. Yep. But um, how did your mum cope? Um, I guess it's probably hard for you to sort of think back to, you know, when you're a teenager, your life kind of revolves around yourself. Definitely. But, but yeah, how, as how, I look- how did your mum cope? Because that would have been a huge task to bring up three kids private education, and then you're off the rails big time. Yeah, well, she wasn't just dealing with me off the rails. She was dealing with my older brother off the rails too. My middle brother wasn't as bad as my eldest brother. Oh, praise the Lord, she had a bit of reprieve. Yeah, exactly. So um, she, 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 look, honestly, it actually really brings me to tears to think what we put her through mm. um, because she did her best. And although as someone who had her own issues to, mm. to deal with and the way that she was dealing with depression herself Mm -hmm. now we look back on it we can see that from her divorce Mm -hmm. um yeah i can see that we did put her through hell yeah Yeah. and uh, you don't you can't appreciate that until you're older now and then and then me having a daughter of my own and thinking her doing that to me and by the way your mum's currently looking after little shyla while you're here she's looking after her and um yeah you know i've you know, I'm, I'm a parent and I've been blessed, you know, to have my wife by my side as we've brought up our two girls. But I really, I really admire, you know, single parents, especially, you know, most of them are, are single mums. Mm. And when they have, you know, two, three, like in your situation, three, you know, the, 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 the enormity of the task at hand of bringing up children in this day and age, you know, I really, really admire you know, mothers who, who are willing to do whatever they possibly can. And yeah. it must be so difficult. And I just, you know, praise the Lord. If you're out there and you're a single mum and you're you're in that circumstance, uh, I pray that I pray that you are tapping into, you know, the strength that God can provide for you and that you'll just keep staying in the course for the sake of your children because we're going to hear the testimony of someone who had a mother who 
even though she had her own challenges, but she stayed the course. Yeah. And she was there for you and with you. That's right. And look, my mum will share with you, like she didn't know how she was going to provide with for us sometimes and God really was with us. Mm. Um, sometimes she didn't know how she was going to pay our school fees and then all of a sudden she'd get someone that had to, who'd put the money in um, and paid for a whole like term for us and we didn't even know who it was and people would deliver food to us sometimes and mm. when we were really in a pinch. So God really provided for my mum as a single parent and it's really um, – comforting to know that he, he he will do that for all of his children and um yeah so that's where where I was when I was you know into that dark scene but then I um came out of that um through a um a person who I worked with invited me to a series of seminars um that was run in uh, the Newcastle area and it was how to master every area of your life so um financial spiritual emotional physical and so because I was in this deep sort of depression, anxiety, and wasn't really enjoying life, I was like, yeah, I want to go master area, every area of my life. So I wasn't interested in the spiritual component, but I was really interested in all the other areas. And so when I went to this um, series of seminars, they touched on health, and that's where I started to really um, make some changes in my life. And so I went from you know being really poor in um, what I even ate and did um, to then becoming um, a vegetarian and then a vegan. Um, wow. And then I went on this really, really big, deep dive into um, raw veganism. So, so this is where we go from rebel yeah, to, to transition to raw. To raw. So, yeah, you can you can tell there's some extremism happening here. So there's an extreme party girl. Then I'm, like, going into this raw veganism. And, like, really, it made me feel so good. Like, depression, anxiety gone because of this wow. diet. And this living in accordance with, like, just health laws and, you know, fitness and all this. So, yeah, I really thought this was the answer to all my problems without mm-hmm. God in the mm-hmm. picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so because I felt so good. Um, and I thought everyone needed to do this. I thought, and I even tied it back to um, the Bible, even though I wasn't really following it. Um, that Adam and Eve ate fruit in the Garden of Eden, and like, so everyone should be eating this way. It was this raw. Way. I'm it was sure raw. they didn't have a stove. Yeah, that's right. So I was even like, oh, this must be it. Like, this is mm. it. Um, but in that journey of um, this health, um, I actually got a autoimmune disease that started just out of nowhere, um, and that was. It's called ulcerative colitis, and if people don't know what that is, um, it's just an inflammatory bowel disease. And um, you might have heard of Crohn's disease, which seems to be more popular, but basically it's a nasty thing and you don't want to have it, and it just means your digestion doesn't work, it's inflamed, it bleeds, lots of nasty stuff. Wow, so that really now set up another new challenge for you, just as you thought you know, you're on the right track and um, everything was hunky-dory, all of a sudden this... Horrible illness. Yeah, I was 23. Comes your way. 23, you're at the peak of your health and strength and life seems to be going really, really well and all of a sudden the handbrake is put on. Yeah, that's right. So I, I, I really it put a stop to a lot of things. I couldn't live life the way I used to. Um, needed to be near a toilet at all times because you don't know when you're going to have an accident and, yeah, it was not good. Wow, wow. So this is where we are. We're about to transition, my dear friends, to where we Leah goes next, and so you do not want to go anywhere. In the meantime, TVAC, great is thy faithfulness. faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou 
faithfulness and we are here discussing the faithfulness of God with our guest Leah Hodge and we are so blessed to have her share her testimony from rebel to raw which is what she's been sharing on to redemption or redeemed and so if you've got any questions or any comments you want to share with uh, Leah 
and she's going to be sharing a little more later on on how you can find uh, the help that she found. 04 is the number to text your questions or your comments. Now it's time to give the code word for the book that we're giving away today on this program. Transformation. Behold, I make all things new. This fits perfectly well. Thank you, Shanna. Perfectly well with the, the subject for today where we're talking about transformation. And the code word that you need to text to 0488817624 is CHANGED. CHANGED. C-H-A-N-G-E-D. The first five to text through CHANGED to 0488817624 will get a free copy of Transformation. Behold, I Make All Things New by Jim Eyre. So go to it, my dear friends. Get those fingers moving as we continue this incredible journey of faith. So, Leah, before we went to that beautiful song, Great Is Thy Faithfulness. By the way, TVAC, they are the ones singing that beautiful hymn. And that's a, and that's a Seventh-day Adventist um, primary and high school, K-12. to And it's up there in Mawulambar. That I would highly recommend. If you're living anywhere near the Mawulambar region, you want your child, you definitely want your child to attend this Christian school. It is just, you know, Tweed Valley Adventist College is what TVAC stands for. You need to get your kid there and um, be willing to do what, what Leah's mum did, you know, work extra if you need to, but you need to have your child. If your child's at school, it needs to be at this school if you're living in that area. Would you say that would be right, Or Leah? even if you're not, you need to move there. Exactly. Or you need to move there. Um, exactly. And I know families. I actually know families that have picked up and moved for the sake of their children attending that particular school. Yeah, it's got a really good spiritual focus at that oh, school. Yeah, the, the principal there, um, uh, Fuwa. If I remember, Paul, Paul Fuwa, yeah, the principal, uh, Paul Fuwa, top guy, deeply spiritual man. You know, everything's done in harmony with the template that we have in the scriptures. So you will be blessed. Trust me, you will be blessed. Anyway, that's a little plug and we don't get paid for that, do we? No. no. <laughs> we, just want, we just want the word to get out there. So, yeah, TVAC, if there's anyone listening from up there, yeah, praise the Lord for, for the education that you are providing. We really do. So, Leah. You have ulcerative colitis. Did I say that correctly? That's right. And um, where to now? I mean, you know, your world's just been turned upside down. It was going so well after this seminar that you had been to, you know, to, you know, get your life on track, to take control of your life. And now where to from here? So because I was still in this raw vegan um, culture and part of my life, I didn't want to go to the doctor to get help because my mindset was that the doctor is just going to um, treat symptoms and not the cause. And I was really about natural healing and about treating the cause of a problem and not just masking it with drugs. Um, that was really my mindset. So I was like very much not going to go to the doctor and get a proper diagnosis and a proper sort of um, what they would put me on. So I went to Google instead and... Dr. Google. Dr. Google. Never go to Dr. Google. Just just saying. 
Um, and then, yeah, so I'm searching how to heal yourself um, by this. So I started like restricting more of my diet, you know, raw vegan, you're only eating raw fruits and vegetables. I even started doing like mono meals, which means just eating one fruit or one type of um, food at a time. And then I was juicing and then I was sort of, yeah, just really simplifying it. Anyway, things were getting worse. Were you working at this time? Yes. So you're still able to yeah, manage Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm functioning. Yes, I'm functioning. Just my quality of life has dropped significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I, um, I went to New York State um, to a festival. As in America. America with my friend who was also a raw vegan. So it was a raw vegan fruit festival. That was, it was called the Woodstock Fruit Festival. They do run it every year in upper state New York. And so we were like, we got to go to this place. And so we went there just for a really awesome week of eating all this amazing food, fitness, seminars, lectures, health things. Like, you know, there's lots of different professionals there. So I went to that week of this fruit festival and I went to a lecture on water fasting and in that lecture, the person telling the lecture runs retreats doing water fast in Costa Rica. He told a testimony of a man that came to him with Crohn's disease, very much similar to my disease, and he was having up to 40 bowel movements a day, bloody diarrhea. Sorry, guys, I know that's a little bit too much information, but this is where my testimony is a bit, a lot of, you don't want to hear. Um, this is raw. This is raw. I tell you, this is the raw. <laughs> so he had 40, up to 40 bowel movements a day. He went to fast and he he, he was healed through this water fast. Um, and he fasted for about 42 days. <laughs> 40, 42 days. I can't remember. Fasted as in didn't eat anything, he just didn't, drank water. He, he just drank water at this retreat in Costa Rica. So I'm sitting there with my own problems going on that no one really knows about except for my um, boyfriend, fiance. Like I hadn't really told anyone because it's not really something you wanted to tell people about because I really didn't know what was going on. So um, I was like, I need to do this fast. Like I just, in my heart of hearts, I was like, I'm going to Costa Rica. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. I want to go to this retreat. So I told Josh, my fiance, and said, I want me to be well for our, you know, we're going to get married. I don't want us to have to deal with this problem that I have. So we agreed that I would go to Costa Rica and we came up with the money, um, which was quite a substantial amount of money to go. And we booked myself in for this retreat. I took two months off my work and I rang my mum up and told her that I am going to Costa Rica. And she had no idea that I had ulcerative colitis. She had no idea wow. anything. So only Josh knew. Only Josh knew. Wow. So um, I said to her, look, mom, I'm going to go to Costa Rica. I'm going to do this water fast because I have ulcerative colitis and I'm, it's going to heal me. And so she was a bit shocked and she tried to sort of, um, you know, get me to rethink my plan. But um, I was, you know, pretty set on this idea and so she even mentioned um, getting anointed to me at this time. Oh, wow. And I said, I actually laughed at her and I said, what's that? Like um, she was referring to a Bible passage in the Bible in James where it says when you have a sick person, you call the elders of the church and they anoint the person with oil so they may be healed. Anyway, so I wasn't you know, following God, so I kind of laughed that off and said, no, mom, I'm not doing that. I'm going to go do this water fast. So she was like, okay, well, I'm coming with you. And I was like, no, I'm going to go do this on my own. I, I don't need you there. Um, I'll be fine. But anyway, she ended up, um, I ended up um, agreeing for her to come for the last part of the, the water fasting retreat. So you have a fasting period and then you have a re-feeding 
period where you start to re um, eat, sorry, and then get strength back. So she was going to come for the last two weeks of the retreat. So I was going to do the fast by myself and then she would be there for the last two weeks. So that was planned. She booked her flights for those dates and I set off to Costa Rica on my own um, all over the other side of the world by myself and was going to find healing there. I go to this fast. There were 17 other people fasting there at this retreat who was run by a man who was an American man. And there was many people there for different reasons, um, health reasons, spiritual reasons. People were fasting there for different reasons. I was there to heal my bowel. So I started fasting day one, day two, day three, day four, day five. I'm just drinking water. Day six, day seven, day eight. By day eight, I was feeling very, very, very ill, very sick. And um, you you don't actually get that hungry on a fast. So the, after the first three days, you really don't get much hunger because your mm. body goes into ketosis and starts burning fat. So um, I was just really nauseous and I couldn't keep water down. And so the whole point, like the whole thing of a water fast is to drink water and stay hydrated and rest on and I couldn't keep water down. I just would swish in my stomach. I was having diarrhea. I was having bloody diarrhea. I was really sick. I couldn't stomach any water. And so, but I continued my fast because I was like, I'm not going to come all the way over to Costa Rica to give up so soon. Because you're a very determined character, almost stubborn, you know, yes. in, in, in what you set your mind yeah. for. Yeah. So I, even though I was terribly ill, I kept on going and I kept on fasting. I get up to day 15 um, and I'm really sick. That's when I things started to get pretty bad. And How I, long was the fast supposed to be? It was as long as I wanted really okay. or as, as, as the fasting retreat guy said. Like, you could stop whenever you wanted mm. but the goal is, you know, for me to stop bleeding, seeing blood and for, for healing to take place. So by day 15 I was having some really scary things happen to me and I was really concerned and I – made these concerns known to the the retreat leader and he was like brushing it off like everything's fine you're fine um I, I at one point I thought I was going to die literally I felt like really not good I make it to day 25 and wow. at this point I'm having sometimes di- diarrhea 17 times a day um, it was really bad I was so weak so emaciated um because I was having diarrhea so much I was losing a lot of water and not being able to regain the water because I was not drinking enough because I because it made me feel sick so every time I drink it made me feel really sick so I was slowly getting dehydrated over this whole time but I didn't really know um anyway I know that my mum's coming soon and I was so looking forward even though at the beginning I didn't really want her there I was so looking forward to her coming there because I was not getting looked after there sadly the care that I got there was very terrible um, so she, she gets there. Um, after I broke my fast, they told me once, once you break your fast, I started eating watermelon. You're going to feel better because your, your electrolytes are all out of whack. And that's why you feel nauseous. Once you start eating again, you're going to feel better. So I started eating again. Things got worse. So now I'm not just having diarrhea. I'm having vomiting. Um, so sometimes, you know, it's happening nearly at the same time and my body is so weak and I'm just, People had to carry me places at the retreat because I couldn't walk. It was really bad. I would black out if I tried to walk myself sometimes. So I was in a real bad way. So once my mom got there, I was so happy. She gets there. She sees my condition and she says, Leah, we got to get you to hospital. Like this is not normal. You need, you need care. You need, you need medical attention. So I kind of knew that deep, deep down, but I was still like being influenced by this leader and he wanted me to stay there. 
um, he didn't want me to go to hospital. And so there was this war going on um, between my mum and him really because she could see like things were really bad and I was just sort of going along. You know, I'm fasting. I don't know what's going on. I, I've like my thoughts are not collected properly. Um, so she, as soon as she gets there, she rings Josh, who's my fiancé in Australia and says, we need to get Leah out of this place. It's really um, – she needs to go to hospital. And so I was, I was happy for her to take me to hospital because I have been feeling so unwell this whole time and nothing had changed. And so um, this is where God starts to start working because my mum is a backslidden Christian at this point. She um, had stopped going to church, and, but she came over to Costa Rica with her Bible, her hymn book, and I think another Christian book. And um, she she felt that God had put it on her heart to come to Costa Rica for this purpose. Because there are a whole bunch of challenges that your mum had in getting to Costa Rica, which we don't have time to yeah, get into. that's right. So she gets there and um, the night that she gets there, I'm over the toilet at 11 p.m. at night just heaving up all that I'd eaten, which is not very much. And she's like, that's it. I'm going to the leader's room. And she goes to his room, knocks on the door. He was from America. He had bought a SIM card and it didn't work because we were in the highest mountain of Costa Rica. He'd cut the SIM card, put it in his phone, but it had never worked. His phone starts to ring while my mum is at his room. Wow. Yeah. So and, and, and so he was very puzzled. He looks at the phone and he's like, answered it. And he goes, it's for you. And he looks to my mum. The phone call's <laughs> for you. She was like, oh, okay. I don't know why someone's ringing her. How did he even – that phone never worked before. Wow, folk, we are on the edge of our seats and we are going to continue this incredible journey of faith after Caitlin Clampett, Love Lifted Me, Jesus Saves. We're going to enjoy this and then Leah will continue to share. Don't go away. See 
Jesus saves, Jesus saves, He will lift you from the crashing waves, crashing waves, He will never leave you. Jesus saves, Jesus saves, He will lift you from the crashing waves, crashing waves, He will never leave you. Jesus saves, Jesus saves, He will Lifted Me by Caitlin Clampett. And if ever there was a song that was appropriate, Leah, for your testimony, is this, Love Lifted You. So you left us hanging on the edge. Literally, the phone rang. It wasn't supposed to ring. This guy picks it up. He's like, how on earth is someone ringing me? And it happens to be for your mum who is there in the room with this guy, What's going through your mind? What's going through your mum's mind at this time and what happens next? Well, she had been praying ever since she saw my condition and um, rang my fiancé back in Australia. She'd have been praying to God for help. Like, how am I going to get my daughter? I don't speak Spanish. I'm in Costa Rica. I don't know anyone. I don't know how I'm going to get my daughter to a hospital because we're way up in this mountain, um, which takes a while to get there. And so she'd been praying to God for a sign, for help, for, for deliverance. And so when... This phone rings in the leader's room at 11 o'clock that night and she it was for her. She took the phone off um, the man and she answered it and it was actually the insur- my, my insurance company, my travel insurance company from Australia. Wow. I don't know how they got his number. Danny, wow. this was a miracle. Miracle. Because there's, we didn't give it. These are the angels that are sorting out the, the phone connections. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, there's many reasons they're why. They're working the phone lines. They're working the phone lines <laughs> for sure. So my mom gets this phone call from the travel insurance and they say, we're here to help you. We're here to assist, get your daughter out of there. Whatever you need, we're there. So she felt wow. some relief because she's like, okay, I've got some support mm. here. They're going to help me. I don't know what, how they're going to help me, but she felt like it was an answer to like, um, from God that, He's with her. And so they're like, whatever you need. So we they originally thought they was going to fly a helicopter to land on this mountain because I was in such a bad way, but there was nowhere really for it to land. So then we went down the next option, which was um, getting a, a, a taxi. So so my mom talks to um, the leader of the retreat and said, look, I want to get my daughter out of here. She's, she's throwing up in the room. She's emaciated. And he's like trying to sway her. And we can, I can know that the great controversy is going on here. Mm, spiritual between, battle. Yeah, the spiritual battle is going on here because really if my mom didn't take me to hospital, I would have died there. 
Wow. I would have died there. You were literally on the very last day. I was on my own death's door. So wow. um, he actually um, was trying to persuade her otherwise. He actually came into the room where I was um, throwing up and he was trying to persuade me in my condition. I'm weak. Um, my heart's racing and he's telling, trying to tell me, oh, no, you need to stay here for longer. Um, but look, my mum stood her ground and we made the decision. They rang a taxi. The taxi was going to – it was going to take them five hours to get to where we were. So we um, – So you're in the middle of nowhere. We're in the middle of nowhere. And so that night, my mum packed up all our things. We didn't get one wink of sleep that night. And I wasn't sleeping that well anyway because I was constantly running to the bathroom. But I remember just laying laying in bed that night and my mum was, um, you know, trying to comfort me. And I, I, I honestly thought I was going to die then. And I, I actually asked her, my mum, am I going to die here? Like, I was so unwell. Mm-hmm. Um, but we the taxi um, arrived in the morning, 6 a.m., and we put all our things in the car and... <laughs> Um, the people were like, you know, that were at the retreat were like, oh, we'll see in a few days. My mum knew that we weren't going to be back at that place. Um, we get in the car, we start driving to the, to the hospital and it's a really grueling drive for me because I was so nauseous, so sick, wasn't keeping any food down, wasn't keeping any water down. My lips were parched. I'm very dehydrated. I'm in this really hot, stinking taxi. We're going down this windy hill and I'm feeling like death warmed up. It was not good. Um, he actually ended up getting lost, unfortunately, so oh. it took longer to get there. But we finally made it to SEMA Hospital in San Jose in Costa Rica. And um, we got all our luggage out and they put me in a wheelchair. We go into the emergency room. It is jam packed full of people. And I'm thinking I need to see someone straight away. And they saw me and saw my condition and quickly ushered my mum in. We gave them all our passports, our paperwork. My mum has all this luggage and bags and I'm just there in a wheelchair nodding off and they take me into the emergency room straight away, start trying to find a vein to put IV fluids in. Um, they're trying for ages and ages and ages because I was so dehydrated. You can't find veins properly. Finally, one nurse keeps persisting and he ended up getting getting a a vein in my left arm. And my mum was so grateful for this. And she actually went up to the nurse and hugged him and said, oh, thank you so much. What's your name? And he, his name was Gabriel. Gabriel. You can't make this stuff up, folk. Exactly. Gabriel. Yes. God's leading angel that took over from Lucifer. Yes. And so it was another comfort for her from God that that God's with her. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, that was a really um, – I didn't know that that happened until after. But once they did blood tests on me and got some fluids into me, they realized that I had sepsis. And if people don't know what that is, it's like um, where your whole blood, body is toxic. Mm. I, got, I had got an infection from the water that I'd been drinking at the retreat in my gut and um, it had just taken over my whole body. Um, I had – my organs were shutting down. I they were the, I was the worst case of dehydration that ever seen. Um, I think 14% dehydration is like lethal. I was about 10 or 11. I was, it was something really close. Wow. I can't remember the figures at the moment, but um, they pretty much said I had 24 hours to live if I didn't get to, to, to the hospital. So even still then, um, the doctor pulled my mum aside and said, look, we don't actually know if we can save her. She is that dehydrated that if we rehydrate her too quickly, she could get swelling on the brain and go into a coma. So immediately things started to get more serious once we got to hospital because we realised the condition that I was in and how bad it was. Um, so I, I was put in ICU for three days and... At that time, my mum was doing a lot of praying. Um, 
she, this is another part of the story. I don't know how I'm going to say it so quickly, but there was a woman um, who had watched all this unfold in the emergency room, who saw my mum come in, who saw me come in, who saw her struggling with all the bags. And she went up to my mum and um, asked if she could help her. She, she said, I just brought my daughter in here for appendicitis, but she doesn't have appendicitis. I don't even know why I'm here. Like they did all the tests and her daughter was fine. She was the German consulate in um, Costa Rica. She could speak um, Spanish fluently. She helped my mum um, take all the luggage. She helped do washing for her. Like she was really an angel to my mum as well. Another like, Gabriel. Another Gabriel. Like this woman who didn't know wow. didn't know us at all. Just became brought her in. daughter in for suspected appendicitis, but there was nothing wrong with her. There was her. nothing wrong with her. And so she she took my mum to a hotel. She spoke to the people in Spanish and helped my mum get a hotel near the hospital. And um, she then contacted, get this, the Seventh-day Adventist church for them to start praying for me. Wow. Like who does that? I just, I can't believe it. She's not a Christian, like from what we know. We don't really know much about her. We've tried to contact her since then. We can't find her details anywhere. Wow. So, um, so that's what happened in ICU. Um, this lady was helping my mom and uh, I wasn't really allowed to see my mom for much because when you're in ICU, it's very restricted. I ended up coming out of ICU though. Um, they gave me antibiotics. They started getting this infection under control. And because I was so young, I, I did respond well to the treatments they were giving me. So they put me on a normal ward where my mum could actually come into the room and stay the night uh, because she could sleep on a, uh, a fold-out sofa bed. And so I was really looking forward to that because um, in ICU, like I said, I could only see for 20 minutes every four hours. So now that I was in a, a normal ward, she was going to stay with me. And that night she brought her luggage in and she was we were going to sleep. And this is where... Um, the, the spiritual battle became real, real heavy and deep. And physical. And physical. Because um, in Ephesians 6 verse 12, it says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, mm. against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Mm. And when you're at your weakest, when you're at your most vulnerable, when you're at your wit's end, that's when the enemy likes to come in and, and really attack and try and like, he was he's an opportunist, so he's looking to take me out. Mm. Because he knows that at this point in time, I'm not surrendered to Christ. I'm not following Jesus. I would go down to a Christless grave. Mm. And my mom, um, he wanted to take her out too. So that night we're going to bed and I just wake up um, before even we fell asleep. I just get into this panic, into this frenzy, into this anxious panic attack, which I've never had before. And I'm not able to reason or talk. And my mom's like sort of asking me, what's going on? What's going on? And I just go blank, like there's no one home. And I start. I went into a trance and I was just like this sort of zombie looking forward and staring at her and um, she was trying to respond to me. And in that time, I became possessed by a demon, demons, not sure. But um, I was being tortured in my thoughts. I was being told by the devil that I was in hell, that I was lost, that Jesus wasn't real, that... All these things were in my head and then um, that happened for a good 20 minutes. Um, this is what I've heard because I don't remember much of what happens next. But after that, I went into this fitful rage where my body was thrashing. I was screaming. Um, I was only about 38, 30, 38 kilos at this point and I was so strong. They had six nurses trying to hold me down and I was um, arching my back, my neck back. I was in all these twisted and contorted positions, screaming out. And so the physical... And with a, with a real rough, like, 
non-human voice. Oh, yes, with a male voice. Mm. And um, what ended up happening is um, I ended up latching on to my mother's stomach with my teeth. I ended up biting her stomach with my teeth and they were trying to pry my jaw open because she was in a lot of pain and I, they couldn't open my jaw. I ended up ripping out a bit of her stomach um, from yeah from her and they were trying to like shoot me with Valium to try and calm me down and all this I was not aware of. Um, all I remember was the dark thoughts that I was being put into my head that you're lost, that you're lost, that you're that you're in hell with me for eternity. Like I was going in this like really terrible mind that the devil had me. And um, so my mum gets taken away uh, because oh she's bleeding now from her stomach, and they stitch her. Oh I don't know if she had stitches, but they fix her up. And they take me to a psychiatric ward. At this point, I'm unconscious. I don't know anything that's going on. Um, they put me in the psychiatric ward and my mum wants to go into the room. And so um, she, they didn't want me, they didn't want her to go into the room because I was a danger mm. to her, to myself. They're like, no, you're not going in there. She's dangerous. Um, she's like, no, I am going in there. And then she ends up signing a waiver form to say that she goes in there at her own risk. So she goes into the room and she takes her Bible and her hymn book and she starts singing hymns and she starts praying and she spent the night in there and she was, I think she was on the phone to um, my mother-in-law and they were singing hymns and praying. And then this, I was delivered through her prayers, through the prayers of many people praying and through um, songs and in hymns, the spirit left me and I was like delivered from Satan's attack um, by the mercy of Jesus and um, I woke up from that from that night not knowing. I knew that something had terrible had happened. Like I knew something demonic happened. I didn't know that I bit my mom. I had a bit of a chunk missing from my own lip, which I questioned people about. There was a scab on my lip from me biting my mother. Um, I had a psychiatric doctor come and talk to me. He didn't think that I lost my marbles. We told him what we th- what we knew it was, and he agreed with us. But on my medical record, they put down a psychotic episode. Um, that I had, um, but I know that it was a demonic attack, mm. and that I had opened myself up to this through yeah. So, so you you believe that the demons were given an avenue there at this retreat, at this um, yes. retreat in Costa Rica, where you went for this yeah, for that, this fasting. That's right, that's right. Because I was at a, a yoga retreat mm. center, um, which if you do research, and it's not something that I'll go heavily into but um there is a spiritual aspect to um demonic things happening and um with practices like that Mm, and that's and that's very big today like the new age the new age industry is 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 huge today yeah it's very much mainstream especially in secular societies and people don't think anything of it that's right but you were literally demon possessed uh by by being involved in this even though you didn't go for that no but you were inadvertently yeah. um, attacked by the enemy because you were there on his yeah. turf. Yeah, that's right. And I wasn't – if you're not with Christ, you're against him. So I didn't have the protection and the – yeah. So after I woke up from that, um, I was delivered, but I didn't know my Savior yet. I knew that I'd been delivered. I knew that it was totally um, – because only Jesus Christ can go head-to-head with Satan. Mm-hmm. There's no way I could have gotten out of that mess on my own. My mom, we, I would have been gone. And so Jesus delivered me. I'm 100% certain of that. Um, and so as I come back to Australia, um, there's a lot that I'm missing out here. But the main point is that I started a journey towards God. 
because mm-hmm. I wanted to know the person who delivered me when I was so far from him, so far from God in every way that I wanted to know why, why did he save me? And, um, and that's where I met you actually. Wow. Wow. And, um, and this is where it gets really scary for Leah as she has to deal with me. No. Um, but we're going to be, we're going to continue this, this journey in our final segment after the news. And we're going to be taking a look at the redeemed aspect of her testimony which is just so, so powerful. And it's incredible that through praise and thanksgiving to God, the enemy could not stay in that place where praises were lifted up and he had to leave. And uh, we just praise the Lord for that. We've got a beautiful song here that matches that wonderful, merciful Saviour by Selah. We've got the news and then we're going to finish off this powerful story.
You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Waffles, orange juice, veggie mite on toast. I don't smell any of that. This is a Bible study. Yeah, but I thought this was like the breakfast show. No, it's a show at breakfast time. We do quizzes, interviews, good news and current events. That kind of breakfast show. Blake, I know that you're new here, but we're trying to feed people spiritual food, not physical food. Okay, well, why didn't you tell me that before I got to the studio? It's in your job description. Now, please, do the intro. Tune in every weekday morning right here on Faith FM for the new Breakfast Combo with Blake and Lawson. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. He looks up, sorry looks back, worry looks around. We're in the final... In the final run home, we're in the home stretch, Leah, and we have been so blessed by your testimony, and we are moving into the area of redeemed in just a few moments. Uh, we've got some more books uh, for our listeners that would like this book, Transformation, Behold, I Make All Things New by Jim Eyre, and it's all about being transformed. The word you need to text is changed, C-H-A-N-G-E-D, changed, to our number, our looking up number, 04-888-17624. So get in there, text, and we'll send you this book. Now, Leah, we've only got a few moments left, and your your testimony could literally go for two hours plus if you were to include even half the details. Um, but now we're at that really important, the most important part of the testimony, which is Christ now is someone who you want to get to know. Because up until now, you know that Christ is the one that has delivered you. This is not by accident. You have been delivered from the hand of the enemy, but you sense you really need to get to know the one who has delivered you. Where to from here? I come back to Australia with um, serious, still serious health conditions. Um, I was discharged from hospital in Costa Rica after a week and stayed a further week there. But... When I got back to Australia, I ended up back in hospital within, I think, a month of arriving back in Australia. And I was in and out of hospital in 2014 a lot. I spent a lot of time lying in a bed. I spent a lot of time um, not being able to do anything. And so it, it was in this time that I started to read the Bible for the very first time in my life, even though I, as a child, had heard the stories. 25 years old, I start reading the Bible and wanting to know my Savior. And um, it was in hospital that my mum was visiting me at the John Hunter Hospital in Newcastle. And she was pretty distraught because that at, at this point, they really didn't know what was wrong with me. They kind of, um, yeah, they didn't understand the con- my condition once I got back from Costa Rica. And so she was kind of in a in a panic and so she bumped into someone in the hospital who um said to her like what are you doing here she's like look my daughter's here i really need a pastor to talk to like i don't i don't i need someone and um so this person um said i've got the right person for you and he 
he I wonder g- who that would be. Yes. And he gave my mum your number, Pastor My Dave. number? Yes, your number. <laughs> so this is where I get into the yeah. picture. So my mum gets this number. She doesn't call you straight away. It's not until my third hospital, no, my second hospitalization down now at the SAN in Sydney that she actually calls you because things have gotten worse. And so she's like, oh, I remember that guy gave me that number, that pastor. I need to ring him. So she calls you up and she just spills out everything that's happened and you were there to listen, to pray with her. And that's where we met. Um, and I got out of hospital um, after a, a week or two and you came and visited me and then we started a journey of Bible studies. Um, so we would meet weekly and I really looked forward every week to um, the Bible studies and I was really learning and just drinking everything in that you were sharing and it was just really powerful. I think prophecy was really the thing that really convicted me the most. You're on the floor a lot of the time because you yeah. still were very unwell. I know, I was on the floor a lot. Um, and then I was hospitalized... Um, a third time in 2014 in December and this is was my longest stay in hospital um, and at this point we're still dealing with ulcerative colitis um, because it had gotten a lot worse from my time in Costa Rica unfortunately after I wanted to go there to heal I got worse so I was in hospital. My inflammation was through the roof. They were giving me the highest levels of um, hydrocortisone, like a prednisone, to reduce um, my inflammation, but nothing was working. Um, I was getting fed intravenously through a tube um, to get my nutrition, and it got to the point where the gastroenterologist said, look, there's not much more we can do for you. You're going to probably need to get your bowel removed. And this was a real big shock to me. I didn't think in a million years that I'd be getting – um, my bowel removed when I was only 24 now, I was 24 years old. And so my mum said to me, um, I had an appointment with a surgeon and we had an appointment with um, um, the, the stomatherapist about the bag that you get. And so I had those two appointments, like things were moving forward with this decision. And I, in my heart, I was like, no, I'm not, I, I don't want this. And I was really at wit's end because nothing had changed in three weeks of being in hospital. Nothing had changed with my condition. And so I was in desperation. My mom said, why don't we get in, why don't you get anointed? And so if you remember the start of the story, <laughs> my mom said this like a year ago, nearly, um, and so we rang Pastor Danny and he came down to do an anointing service for us. And so basically anointing service is a full surrender, um, a full surrender of my life, of my sins, like really searching my heart. And it's really just giving everything over to God so God could work in my life. And so um, Danny came down. It was a Friday night. We had this special anointing service. I, I, I made serious changes in my life. I had to search my heart and surrender everything to him and I let I gave God the opportunity to work in me, a miracle. And um, the next day, actually, I because um, I was getting blood tests done every day to see my inflammation, and I was still pretty feeling pretty miserable on the on the Saturday. But by Sunday, um, the gastroenterologist came in and said, "I don't know what has happened, but your inflammation markers have dropped significantly." And they, we couldn't, we don't know why. And I was like, oh, I know why. I knew exactly why. Um, and God had worked a marvelous miracle in, in bringing my inflammation under control. And so I was then discharged from hospital. Like I wasn't, before I was getting my bowel removed and now I'm going home. 
And I've been in hospital for three weeks now with no change. Like nothing had changed. They were still giving me all the medications. Nothing had changed. But God, through prayer, have um, been, got me to a place where I could actually be discharged. I still had colitis, but I was discharged with my whole body intact. And so I really praise God for that. And so it just continued my journey as I got out of hospital I continued my Bible studies with you, Pastor Danny, and then I was baptized. And and let's not forget that your brother Sam, yes. he joined in the Bible studies, and your mother, yes. Liz, she joined in the Bible yes. studies. Yes, yeah, so um, because I was learning all these amazing truths, I was like, tell my, I told my brother, me and my brother are quite close, and I just said, you gotta, you've got to watch this stuff because I was watching a, a series as well. And then you started doing Bible studies with Sam. Um, and so he was on the journey and my mum, we all got baptised in the same year, um, just at different months. So, yeah, God really, like, it was just a ripple effect. Like, when your life is being changed by Christ, like, the first thing you do is want to share it with others. And that was my experience. I remember sharing it with um, my brother's girlfriend at the time and she was on the journey. She was an agnostic and didn't mm. believe and then she um, gave her life to God. Um, she was baptized as well. She was baptized as well. It reminds me of that Bible verse um, or the Bible story in Mark about the demoniac. Mm, and Mark how, chapter 5. Yeah, how God, um, Christ delivered him and the thing, he wanted to stay with Jesus but Jesus said, no, you need to go and mm. tell tell your people, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your community what I've done for you. And that's basically my story because ever since that night where I was demon-possessed and God delivered me and the subsequent things that happened after that, I've shared my story far and wide. Um, Whenever I get an opportunity to, when someone asks me, I will go and share my story to really share the power and the grace and the mercy of God in delivering me and transforming me. Um, so I've shared in many places uh, with youth, with churches. On, it's on YouTube now. It's, yeah, it's definitely. So how can they find your story on YouTube? So if you type in um, Leah Hodge, that will take you to my YouTube channel. But uh, my testimony is called, um, it's called My Testimony, Jesus Delivered Me from Demon Possession. But if you type in Leah Hodge, that's probably the best way because there could be lots of other h-o-d-g-e yeah that's right so um gave my life to god in baptism and really got married the next day got married to josh the next <laughs> Talk day about a big weekend it was a big weekend and i really really gave like christ everything um and then just yeah just loved sharing the word i ended up leaving uh, my job that i had and started um uh working with my mom so i could do ministry and we me and my brother we started a little food pantry at the church that Mm -hmm. you were pastoring because we we just had this fire we wanted to share the love of god with people so we started doing a food pantry that was going really well and then it got to the point where i actually wanted to give more to god so then i actually through your help actually the Bible worker opportunity. Well, that was another miracle that God opened up, which we don't have time to get into, no. but God opened up that door God once again. totally opened up that door. I would never in a million years thought I would be in full-time ministry being paid to go do Bible studies with people. Wow. And so that's what ended up happening in 2018. I... Um, became in full-time ministry and um, was out there knocking on people's doors, asking people to study the Bible with me, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. And then I moved into another phase of ministry where I was assisting um, in the evangelism department, 
um, where I was helping spread the gospel mm. um, in a more administrative way. Um, and then, yeah, the life has just really, um, it's changed me forever, honestly. And I, you are continuing with that right now as we speak. Like, what are you doing at the moment? You're at the Dora Creeks of yeah. Adventist Church, and what's happening there? Yeah, so I'm just loving life at the moment. We are going out, um, we're meeting people, we're knocking on doors, we're asking people if they need help, whether they their yard or anything, um, trying to find people who want to know more about God as well and just really be the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, yeah, doing Bible studies with people. Um, we have lots of exciting things that are going on. At our, and, and, and you're coming to preach at our, at our uh, church. In May. Yeah, in May you're coming to preach. So we're really preparing that and trying to, um, you know, get as many people there to hear the gospel as possible. So God has really... Honestly, if you saw me um, 10 years ago, 14 years ago, and saw me now, you would not know me. You would not recognize me. And on your YouTube, you show photos, don't you? I do. You show photos of of where you're at, especially Costa Rica and what you looked like. And there's even video footage, if I remember correctly. That's right. There's video footage. And here you are today, completely different person. Oh, completely. like Redeemed. Redeemed. He's really redeemed me. and. He's given me purpose. He's given me fulfillment. Um, there's this verse in Jeremiah, um, Jeremiah 2, actually, verse 13, where it talks about um, God's people forsaking him and hewing for themselves broken cisterns. Um, and broken cistern is just like a well where you put water in there and it doesn't hold any water. But Jesus is the fountain of life. And mm. if we give our life to him, we will be filled. We won't have to try and fill our lives with media, with drugs, with all these things. It's a broken system. It doesn't hold any water. Mm. And that's what I feel like the whole world is, well, where they're missing is that, that, that they're missing Christ because he has given me the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And sometimes, like, I went through some really, really rough phases in my health journey where I had to cling to the word of God like nothing else. Mm. And um, there's some promises that I claimed. um, Do you want to share a few of them? Yeah. So Isaiah 26 verse 3 and 4 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because Mm. he trusts in you. And I remember lying in bed sometimes, um, you know, wondering about my future because I was still really ill. I still had colitis. I still had bleeding. And I didn't ever know how I was ever going to be well again. And I used to claim this promise. I used to go over this promise, um, keeping my mind on Christ, that he would give me perfect peace. And that's how I got to sleep some nights because I just needed Mm -hmm. to focus on the word of God. And this is one of my favorites that... Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7, mm. do not be anxious for Beautiful. anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. So that was one of the promises that I always used to claim, especially I remember when I was studying with you, we used to read this verse a lot. We used to pray this verse mm. a lot um, because we are not to be anxious for anything. And this world is full of anxiety, isn't it? Mm, indeed. Full of depression. We need Jesus because he can give us the only peace this world cannot offer us. It's transient peace. It's not lasting, but his is lasting. It's interesting because it's called the gospel of peace in Ephesians 6 verse 15. It's peace the world needs. Mm. Otherwise, it wouldn't be called the gospel of peace. And Jesus is the prince of peace. I know. Peace is through the whole Bible. So that's my story. That is just so, so powerful. And um, just how God has opened up doors, how he has saved your life physically and then He's saved you for all of eternity and the way God is using you now to to share the good news of salvation, the way he's impacted your family, including your niece, Shahara, who also gave her heart to Christ and had the privilege of baptizing her um, as well a couple of years ago. And just to see the ripple effect of how God has worked and how he has 
and, and how he has used you in a mighty way. We're going to come back in our final little section here um, as we sign off. And uh, Leah, I'm going to ask her how you can get in touch with her if you would like to hear and understand more about that Prince of Peace that she talked about that changed our life. Karen Peck and New River, you did it anyway. You prayed to pass the cup As the angels watched you kneel You are adding new Just how the cross would feel How deep the spear would go How sharp the thorns would be And that your father would forsake you in your agony but you did it anyway you walked on up that hill and the sounds of sacrifice are ringing still you knew the magnitude of the price you'd have to pay but for Would turn their backs on you And leave you all alone To do what only you could do But among the saddest things That caused your heart to grieve Was knowing there were those Who never would believe Are ringing still You knew the magnitude Of the price you'd have to pay But for me The sounds of sacrifice, they're ringing still. so beautiful you did it anyway by karen peck 
and New River. Hope you were blessed by that. And I hope you've been blessed today, my dear friends. Today has been a very, very special program. One of the one of the high points of our journey here on the Looking Up show. We want to thank you so much, Leah, for coming in and sharing your powerful testimony from from rebel to roared to redeemed. And in in these final few moments that we have before we sign off. How can our listeners get in touch with you if they want to connect with you, anything on health, spirituality, they they want what you have, how can they get in touch with you? So you can find me on Facebook, Leah Hodge, and also on YouTube, Leah Hodge. Um, I get people message me through my YouTube um, videos. So if you comment on there, um, I can get in touch with people that way. Yeah, or, or Facebook message me on Messenger. Yeah, I can respond. Fantastic, fantastic. You were sharing with me during the break. There's a, there's a, there's a quote, or there's a little, mm. uh, a little section there in that classic um, book, Steps to Christ. Um, do you want to share that with yes. you? Because I think you said it really sums up yes. your your experience. Yes, it does. And just before I do, I just wanted to let um, everyone know that. I do not have ulcerative colitis now. Amen. Hallelujah, everybody. Amen. Hallelujah. That is a whole other story. Maybe I can come back and share my healing journey. Part two. Part two. Part two because um, I have struggled with it for the last eight years, but God has brought healing. He's brought remission. He's brought lots of periods of um, health. I have had ups and downs, but through God's grace and his natural remedies, I've been able to treat it naturally and i'm currently in remission i've been healthy and fit for a while and so yeah i just wanted to share that because, because that's part of your anointing part two you yeah. were anointed a second time but we'll leave yeah. that for yeah for part two i was anointed a second time that's right so i want to leave everyone with this this is my final sort of this is sums up me basically so this quote says i needed help and i found it in jesus every want was supplied The hunger of my soul was satisfied, and now the Bible is to me the revelation of Jesus Christ. Do you ask why I believe in Jesus? Because he is to me a divine saviour. Why do I believe the Bible? Because I have found it to be the voice of God to my soul. That's the quote from Steps to Christ, page 112, and it really just sums up my experience. God is satisfied my soul he is the fountain of living waters i do not need to go anywhere else for satisfaction um i don't need any media any um escapism through alcohol and drugs because that was part of my life i can deal with challenges face on with jesus i don't need to escape in any other way he has got me through everything and um I just praise be to his name and I cannot wait to to see him face to face when he returns. Mm, so Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. Praise the Lord for that. And you're only in your early 30s. Yes. Um, young mum, and you don't need this world and what it offers to be fulfilled. Yes, that's right. You're I found my friend in Jesus. Mm, I love that. And that's a beautiful book. If you don't have that book, um, you can get it you online. You need to read that book. You need to read. Everyone needs to read the I read book, that Steps every year. You know, written more than a century ago in over 100 different languages around the world. And it's just a powerful book, 13 chapters, and everyone needs to read that little book, Steps to Christ. Well, Leah, it's been such a blessing to have you on the Looking Up show. We, we're all about looking up, preparing for the coming of Jesus. And what you shared with our listeners, with all of us today, um, has helped us on that journey to the kingdom of God as we continue to look up. And as we continue to look up, just remember Jesus is always there 
and he wants to bless you. So I want to have a short prayer, and then we're going to sign off until next week. Father in heaven, we want to thank you for the powerful testimony of Leah, the way you've led and guided her from where she was to where she is today. We give you all the honor and all the praise and all the glory. And what you did for Leah, you can do for anyone and whoever is listening and reaches out to you, Lord, I pray that you will bless them, that they will know that they will be blessed by you. So we thank you, Father, and we praise you until next week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up should the tears Begin to start With a prayer All your cares He will cast Into the depths of the sea His love is always There for me